I'd like to propose a toast. Hello and welcome to Before Brunch. I'm Megan Cassidy. And I'm Cassie Delaney. And we are your weekly celebrity pop culture, social issues, politics and entertainment podcast. And we have a new home. We are now a Love and Media production. It's exciting times for us. So we're brand new to, we're the first, am I right? The first yeah. Love and Media podcast. And what a great one to start with. We should introduce ourselves, actually. I'm Megan and I am currently editor at Love and.ie and Love and Dublin. And I'm Cassie Delaney and I'm a journalist and media producer and content director is my technical title in Jobio where I work. And we both started at the same time as entertainment journalists. Chasing those clicks. Chasing those clicks, writing those headlines. We've done it. Oh, we've done those juicy gossipy headlines and we're going to be chatting a little bit about that later in the show. Um, we're going to go into the fantastic Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall catfight. Oh, um, their use of media what mm. it means to negotiate as a woman. Um, so that conversation, and this is kind of the way we operate. We take these gossipy, juicy stories as a gateway to what's actually happening um, and what it means to us as yeah. a society. So I suppose that opens up a lot of conversations about women and negotiating and how it's perceived. Yeah, I think that's that's a really nice way, I suppose, to contextualize this uh, podcast it's it's kind of well we've we've both spent a lot of time writing entertainment news and celebrity news. We like to get dig a little bit deeper and go under the skin and relate those stories back to the real world and real life and and what that might mean for us and what that means then for you. That's it because all of these stories may seem trivial or may seem like they're time wasting, but they actually say a lot about what we value and what things mean to us. So we have also, in this show, we're going to chat about Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux's split, mm-hmm. um, their use of media, how Jennifer has been portrayed in the media um, over the last, what, like 20 years. Yeah. Um, but first, let's talk about West Cork, the new amazing podcast. I am so excited about this, okay? So West Cork, for anyone who hasn't um, heard of it yet, which I think I think very few people haven't come across it in some regard, is a new podcast. It's by um, two English journalists, and it is about the Sophie Tuscan de Plantier murder in West Cork in 1996. So it's interesting for so many reasons. First of all, it's absolutely beautifully put together. Um, it's on Audible, so that's, a, I think, probably a gateway problem problem for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a stunning podcast. It's really, really, really well produced, like really atmospheric. There's so much ambience. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and secondly, it's the first time we've seen an Irish true crime podcast. Now, it is produced by, you know, it's entirely in English um, production, but to see the focus and the international angle and just see everyone's, see West Cork become a focal point of this deeply disturbing unsolved crime that went on 20 years ago. It's it's just absolutely remarkable. So for anyone who doesn't know the story. Um, Can I preface this before you say the story by talking about the first time I listened to a true crime podcast and you ruined it for me in the car. Mm. Do you remember the last time you watched, you listened to a podcast and mm. I hadn't listened to it yet? 
it was S Town. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Cassie had listened to the last episode, thinking it was one no. of the first. No, Cassie, this is. Accidentally listened to, the, I think, the sixth. It was in around had the listened, middle. Yeah. And we were chatting and I was just getting started and she spoiled the fuck out of it to me and was like, how did you not get that? She said something absolutely like completely that pulled the rug out from under oh, me. Oh, yeah. I was like, like, what are you talking about? And she was like, how did you miss that? And I went home and I questioned myself. I was like, I am a passive listener. I don't engage with what I'm listening to. What is wrong with me? How did I miss that? And it transpired that Cassie had listened to one of the last episodes. Episode six. Yeah, no, it was episode six. But if it's any consolation, I absolutely destroyed it for myself. Like I went in mm. at the pinnacle... Um, that's actually very funny now. I just looked up something. There's an S-Town ad there. That's so creepy, actually. They're listening. I just li- looked up an article and there's an S-Town ad They're listening. right beside the thing. Anyway, um, it's a story. totally, totally destroyed it for myself. Mm-hmm. So the story, um, Sophie Toscane de Plantier, which I'm going to say multiple times because I really enjoy saying her name, um, was a French woman who was down in school and she had a kind of a holiday home there and it was... Uh, West Cork is made up of a lot of people who have holiday homes down there. So there's in the first episode, they call these people blow-ins and it kind of goes through the village and who is there and who's residing in it. And then, so Sophie Duscon de Plantier was there for Christmas. Um, and you will know that her murder took place two days before Christmas in 1996. She was found kind of down the laneway uh, one morning by a neighbour, uh, quite isolated, really far from us. It's not accessible really um without kind of a car it's like really really remote um and her body was found and she'd been quite badly beaten and they've never um well they have loads of suspects they've never actually solved the crime so the podcast goes through the whole experience from the time her body was found to the way the guards reacted how they treated the crime scene and then it goes through some of the suspects and then one person emerges as as the main suspect and the podcast kind of becomes about him and his behavior and it's just fascinating at first they introduce everyone in the town in this kind of like level playing field and they're just like oh this is marie and this is jules and this is ian and you think they're just bystanders and they're just regular you know run-of-the-mill village people and then as the story progresses progresses each of them has such a deep dark part to play in it and it is just scandal after scandal after scandal it is perfect you couldn't script it you like it is just so absolutely it's so so gripping it's so so gripping see here's what i find really interesting about your description of this because i haven't listened to it yet but you're like these people have parts to play and uh, the main suspect emerges in like episode five Mm -hmm. here's what's different about this true crime to any true crime we've listened to or followed before like we've spoken about um S-Town and Serial and JonBenet Ram, the case of JonBenet yeah. Ramsey and you know all these amazing true crimes that are still cold cases and this time we know the story because it's it's an Irish story mm-hmm. and maybe in S-Town where a lot of people who would have been close to the story don't want to speak about it or they're quite hush-hush in Ireland in West Cork everyone has an opinion on this story oh, everyone has a narrative everyone but and here is we know who the suspect is, okay? Yes. But now it's like that's a spoiler nearly because we're we're looking at this case from an outsider's perspective. So two English journalists, um, Sam Bungie or Bungie and, and Jennifer Ford. And we know that, that 
that we don't have a solid here's who did it, but we know who the suspect is. Mm-hmm. He is a spoiler in this story. And it raises the question, is this just murder as entertainment? Oh, absolutely. It, but it is. Okay. Because first of all, it is, it's so hard to, when you're listening, it's, it's not a news piece. It's not current affairs. It is highly produced media. It is, there are, it, there's music, there is atmospheric sounds, there's owls hooting in the background. You know, it is, it is entertainment. It's full surround sound. Um, and, and it's told as a story, you know, and things happen to the characters and then there's knock on effects. And then late in later episodes, you learn about their reactions and you get to understand why they did that and why that happened. It's absolutely not news. And yes, I am avoiding all actual news articles about the 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 kind of pending trials and news coverage at the time because I don't want the spoilers because I want to know. Yes, I feel filthy because of it because I'm like, that is at the same time, that's a real life person. And she was, she was young. She was only, I think 38 when, um, when she was killed. But like, I can't see her as a real life person. I see her as Sophie Tuscan de Plantier who was killed in West Cork. But isn't that the perennial question with these true crimes? We Are we monsters because we are obsessively, we want to obsess over the details of these crimes, but we don't want to solve them too quickly. It's like, don't, I don't want to solve this. I just want to obsess about it. Mm. Like, say the JonBenet Ramsey was her 20th anniversary last year, and there were countless documentaries um aired about it yeah and each different one had a different killer and it was all the same evidence but obviously they would highlight oh in this episode it's it's the lies about the pineapple and in this episode it's did patsy ramsey get dressed in the morning or did she never go to bed and they all come to different conclusions that it's different killers yeah so therefore it this is not about solving this case at all no whereas making a murderer and serial are more I want to, my mm. entertainment should be kind of, uh, it should exonerate someone or it's, it's yeah, entertainment Yeah, I think with a absolutely, right? And when you look at the likes of Serial and you look at Making a Murderer and, um, you know, they, they came from a place, they came, first of all, from legal professionals, mm. you know? They came from a place of defense lawyers trying to produce evidence that would or you know get people to see the evidence in plain sight when all their other avenues had been exhausted they went to the media and they used the media to advance social change which is something that we've seen time and time again and it did happen in the case of serial and it did happen in making a murderer i don't feel that the objective here was ever to solve the crime ever okay. it's kind of this is on you know uh, um uh, west cork is kind of in the same cohort of podcasts as Heaven's Gate and cults and my favorite murder. You know, we're we're examining examining the evidence to a certain extent, but it's really about the people, the reactions, and how the whole story was covered to shed light on maybe the guards and how we dealt with it, but not, I don't think, to to solve the crime. I mean, I I really I really feel that I mean I haven't finished the whole thing but I really feel that they're not going in that direction because they're not doing they're not making enough of an effort to to catch the killer out they're just repeatedly interviewing the main suspect and it becomes more of an observation on kind of narcissism and his behavior and and that and allowing people to come up with conclusions but I think that it's it's certainly not a 
a legal battle. Okay, that's really interesting. I suppose, yeah, I didn't think about it that way, that they're just reporters. They have no sort of legal background or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, how do you listen to this? Is it a bingey one? Is it a yeah, treadmill it's one? It's definitely bingey. So I've been walking everywhere. I gave up taxis for Lent. I completely regret it. That is a brilliant Lenten promise mm-hmm. to oneself. Yeah, I mean, I'm sweating. Like I gave <laughs> up. Like I'm not. I'm not unfit, but I'm not fit enough to be walking everywhere. I'm exhausted. But taxis had become such an unnecessary luxury that I treated myself to because I deserve nice things. So I gave up taxis. I have this, this, I find myself with a lot more extra space and extra time. So I've been listening to it kind of walking around the place. It is gripping, absolutely. Yeah. Like you can listen to it anywhere. And it, what's really interesting about this actually is it's the first podcast that my mom is completely hooked on so like she had listened she's kind of dipped in and out of podcasts before i'd put them on the car try and introduce the whole concept of podcast to her she's listened to before brunch once she said we need to be funnier um wow yeah cutting very and um, she just doesn't get us maybe yeah she just doesn't get the humor um so she's but she's binging this so she's far more we started in the car i think on monday and she is now almost finished it, I think. She's taking my headphones when I come home from work, putting them on and going up to her room and, and listening to the podcast. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the way I felt about S-Town. I thought it was very, very bingy. Mm-hmm. I struggled with cereal. I struggled really? with a lot of podcasts to be consistent about them. But you know what I really struggle with, Cassie? Go on. Audible. Audible is yeah. the least user-friendly thing I've ever in my life encountered I sat on my bed one night and I decided that I would like to give my money to audible that I had my debit card there and I was like I want to pay you to consume your content and about an hour and a half later I was so close to tears I was so close to throwing my computer across the room I was like I want to I want to work with you I want Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. be on audible like what is going on there I had the exact same experience the first time that I I got Audible was because someone, a friend, a colleague of mine had recommended an, uh, an audio book to me and she was like, listen to it, listen to it, you can commute in, you make you feel so much better. And I was like, yes, absolutely. All about this. I'll get on it. So you have to buy things on your Amazon account and then you wait for them to load onto your Audible app. Okay, That to me is the first problem. Why do I have to buy over here it's and then like read over it's here? It's kind of like Kindle. Don't you have to do that with your Kindle? You buy things. Can you buy? No, them I can buy it on my Kindle. I can oh, sit okay. with my Kindle and I can search and I can buy. No, well, you can't do that in Audible. Like, Audible is just there to play the sound, basically. So you go and you buy a book, and it says that you've bought it, and then you go to your app, and it's supposed to be there. It is never there. It is absolutely never there. It's it, it never, like, not without an email or a conversation or the customer service, it is never there. And the first book that I was trying to buy was called The Art of Not Giving a Fuck, which was just so ironic and so annoying to <laughs> wanting to it not give a fuck so and then having fucks. something to give a fuck about. <laughs> you gave I never so many fucks. It. I never got it. I still haven't gotten the book. And I, I think I actually pay like seven euro a month, but I cannot cancel the account either. But anyway, I've been giving people my Audible login and just logging in on their phones so that they can have so then if I pay seven euro a month or whatever, I can listen to West Cork. So I have to pay to listen to West Cork. I think at the you moment. can get like a thirty days I think you get thirty days free. Okay. And then you can log in and you can just take it off your Amazon account, which is what I did with like Amazon Prime or one of their other stupid subscription services. Mm. Um but I do have I do have credits. I can download like three audiobooks 
a month okay. for something like seven euro. Now I haven't got them on my Audible app, but it says on Amazon that I have them. That's Except I have okay. now. I now have West Cork and Fire and Fury on my phone. And okay, one is taking Fury on my Kindle. Yeah, I struggled. I I tried to listen to West Cork last night. The minute I saw Audible, I was like, "Well, fuck you! I am not e- even trying to engage with you again. You're not getting my seven euro a month. Fucking hate you." I tried to purchase on the app for a long time. The mm-hmm. first time, like a long time. It's just it's an interesting one why they yeah. decided to go for Audible instead of general general release on every other app store in the world mm-hmm. or a podcast store. But however, yeah. do try get your hands on it. I'll I'll let you log into my Audible. <laughs> I mean, that's probably slanderous. Oh, but another thing that is really interesting about this, just before we finish up, right? Mm. Because now people are talking about the crime again, there's this theory that everyone in West Cork knows what actually happened. And I've heard the theory, but I can't say it. I can't share it because it's deeply libelous. I can't share it. Please on the don't. Mic Please don't. Because I don't want to get our new home sued on week yeah. two. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just really interesting. Which okay. I would, l- I kind of, again, I'm g- just getting so involved in the story element, not like the actual reality or law or legal, but I'd love for it to be true because if it's true, then an entire community of people came together to protect one person. Isn't that such an Irish thing? I feel like that happens all the time. There was a murder in my hometown, Waterford, a few years ago, and I don't know the rules about libel, but we are not lawyered up, so I am not going to say who or what. But everyone knows or has an opinion Um. And that seems to be the case with a lot of Irish cases that you hear about. It's like, but everyone in the town knows what happened to Mary Boyle, you know. I've, I actually, now that I think about it, I've heard it from other friends that they know that there's, like, things have gone on in town. But, like, isn't that really creepy? Horrific, At the yeah. same time, it's like, ah, sure, Begara, but, like, do you think he, kills, grand, he yeah. kills someone, but it's in the grand. Yeah, we keep secrets really, really well. Which is also why I think that this, we are going to, we are entering into an era of Irish scandal podcasts. I think we're oh. going to have an influx of journalists now. And when you think about it, we're ripe, ripe for them. Yeah, but this is still the best podcast that you could ever listen to in Ireland. This is the best one yeah. for now, but I reckon there's going to be, there's going to be so many more things that are uncovered. Imagine all the church scandals covered in a gripping podcast. Libel. How dare you say this is not going to be the best podcast forever. Um, Oh, this this one before brunch. Before brunch oh, is sorry. the best podcast. Yes, obviously. But here we are practically solving crimes or setting people into furies of panic because we're talking about murderers yeah. being off the hook or all around Dublin. Like Ireland. we don't know. We might be number one already to someone who's listening to this. They might have found us uh, because we were number one on the charts, which I would not be surprised about right now. Yeah. Okay. You are welcome, lucky reader, listener. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm going to look into that and see if me and Audible can make up and I will have a listen to West Cork. Um, And yeah, let us chat about the fabulous development in the Sex and the City saga this week that Mm -hmm. is just so delicious. So we knew, I think it was October of last year, roughly, Mm -hmm. um, it was confirmed that there wouldn't be a Sex and the City 3. Yeah. And Sarah Jessica Parker did all the... Well, first of all, it was leaked. There was a leaked narrative that this was all because Kim Cattrall either didn't want anything to do with it, uh, led the producers on. Um, I think there was a word that she had said to Warner Brothers, oh, I have no interest in doing this movie, um, but I'll do it for this amount of money. And if you'll make all my other projects happen, 
and the source who had leaked this to people or whatever gossip magazine it was had said who does she think she is George Clooney and the kind of the general opinion was Kim Cattrall is a dickhead like she's a complete diva and she's ruining this yeah. for everyone and then Sarah Jessica Parker comes out and she's all so lovely and I am not hating on Sarah Jessica Parker's persona because it is a performance and oh, I complete am not a performance she has done it she's another one whose husband killed someone in Ireland Sorry, what? <laughs> Matthew Broderick. He killed, killed someone. someone. In Ireland, he did. He knocked people. That's not libelous. <gasps> he killed people. He went, he got trialed for it. <laughs> There's another chap now There's who killed someone down the road. Here's more that of it now. <laughs> that was our segue. That was a good segue. That we should go back. Speaking of people who kill people in Ireland. Matthew Broderick's wife, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Oh my jeez. Um, I'm sweating now. I'm sweating more than you are walking all over Dublin. Um, but Sarah Jessica Parker came out and she was all like, oh, it's so disappointing for the audience who wanted a Sex and the City movie that now we can't do it. Um, you know, I'm just a really nice girl and I'm all about friendship and I'm not naming any names. And then Kim Cattrall goes on Piers Morgan and she's like, Sarah Jessica Parker is not a nice person. She could have been nicer the whole way through this. And we are fighting. And We're in a fight. We are in a fight right now. And Sarah Jessica Parker comes back and she's like, there is no fight. Like that is fabricated by the media. The typical like Sarah Jessica Parker and Jennifer Aniston can go and fuck off and be on my shit list. Even though I actually admire their, their performances. Yeah. But they're both like, the media fabricated this. That doesn't happen. So then... Kim Cattrall is like, do you know what? Here's a New York Times article, right? And it's a gossipy piece and it's fucking true. You were a dickhead to me and you mean-girled me and Regina George me the whole way through Sex and the City yeah. and that's why I'm not doing your stupid and movie so and I hate you. great, okay? It is so great, this this post. So this, it's, it's a New York Post piece from... Uh, October 2017 and in it Kim Cattrall and sources close to Kim Cattrall just say basically from the start of the Sex and the City franchise they never really got on because Sarah Jessica Parker was all pally with Cynthia Nixon and um, the other one what's her name Ooh. sorry it's, it's here gone. it's Charlotte yeah I just, but what's her real name yeah I can't uh, Davis. Kristen Kristen, Kristen Davis, Davis. Um, they were really pally and that like they always excluded Kim because Kim was a natural scene stealer because she was uh, she's just a naturally born comedian like she's very very funny and the thing that I love about this the uh, thing that I that resonates me is it's so normal like yeah. it's just three girls and a four a four female cast ganged up because maybe they were slightly jealous of the other one maybe they found her a little bit annoying maybe they just got on better but then it goes on to say that like to the point where when they were were shooting in new york sarah Kristen, and and cynthia would get a house together and kim would be left to get her own accommodation okay now all those things minute as they are build up up and up and up and up and to the point where Kim turned around and she said, I'm not doing your fucking third movie. I'm in my 60s now. I can make decisions for myself. I don't have to put myself in a situation where I feel uncomfortable and you're going to be mean to me. And fuck is all, I don't need the hassle. And that and is it. I am living for it. Living for it. Yeah. This is it. Kim Cattrall is a 61-year-old woman who's had a very successful career in Hollywood. She is now in an industry that does not 
prize 61 year old women nope. and she's saying fuck you I'm not doing this movie unless I get this amount of money and at that I'll decide again whether I actually want to do it and I don't care if SJP says the audience wants to do it and blah 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 and whatever went on with them and I agree with you that I love how real it is like there's a, this idea of Sarah Jessica Parker that she's so holy or like almost sacred and she's probably like I can't be an asshole I have all these friends yeah. but really that's what's kind of making Kim feel like she's an asshole yeah like she's definitely an asshole like you don't get to that level of absolute like the most I don't she's perfection for me as as a media personality yeah. You have to be an asshole to get of there. Of course she is. And I'm Even sure as Kim a normal is well. person, she's going to be an asshole. Like. Totally. And I've heard that Kim Cattrall is a dickhead in interviews. I'm sure she fucking is. I actually did interview her a couple of years ago. Well, fill us in. Yeah, when we were working in the same place that we worked in before. Well, I went down. You interviewed down. Kim Cattrall? Yeah, for some series that she was doing. And what was she like? Mental. Nice, was she? lovely, mental. Though. I wouldn't imagine that she's like a warm, let's hug person. No, she's really, really friendly, very likable, like not intimidating in the, in the slightest, but she she's quite, um, she was very philosophical or something. No, okay. And when I say mental, I mean it in a good way. She was just very deep Okay. for a 10, 15 minute interview slot. Um, but she's lovely, like okay. absolutely adorable. Because I was like, okay, she's probably cold uh sarah jessica parker is probably cold these are not traits that are um celebrated in women um they are bitchy but when kim did this during the week and i got sent a screenshot of was it you that sent me this screenshot in whatsapp of the of the instagram post no i just i just i just was looking at there with you my first impression was, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed for Kim Cattrall. She's lost her shit. Now, obviously, she's going through a really painful time. Mm-hmm. Her brother has died and she's in a lot of pain. And sometimes when we're in pain like that, we do random Magic. things. But then I was annoyed at myself because I was like, okay, Kim's just cut through the shit. She's not saying the media has fabricated anything. She's saying, yes, Sarah Jessica Parker can fuck off. And I am going to write it on my Instagram page because what have I got to lose? Like, Absolutely nothing. I don't need your support, Sarah Jessica <laughs> Parker. This is... So, Kim put up a picture initially with her and her brother and just saying that he had passed away and that she was heartbroken or whatever. And people are offering their condolences. It has 64,621 likes. And that's the picture that Sarah Jessica Parker commented on saying, Dearest Kim, my love and condolences to you and yours and Godspeed to your beloved brother. To which she responded with a separate new Instagram, which is just text on a background, like a Helvetica type thing, sans serif. And it says, I don't need your love or support at this time. At Sarah Jessica Parker. In in the thing. Yeah. In the thing. Yeah. And then and then she's gone on to write a caption saying, My mom asked me today, quotes, when will that at Sarah Jessica Parker, that hypocrite, leave you alone? Your continuous reaching out is painful reminder of how cruel you really were then and now. Let me make this very clear if you if I haven't already. You are not my family. You are not my friend. So I'm writing to tell you one last time to stop exploiting our tragedy in order to restore your nice girl persona. 
It's brilliant. She has blown everything wide open. And what does she have to lose? This woman has has been the one who has been blamed for this amazing franchise not being able to fulfill its third movie. She has been subject to this narrative of she's a dickhead and she's a diva and she asked for money. So that is the story. So why not just say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually tell you guys what I'm thinking because she's being stoned anyway. Yeah. So like it's it's brilliant. I'm so thrilled for her that, that she has said this. Effectively, please fuck off, Sarah Jessica Parker is fucking flawless, yeah. right? And realistically, here's the bottom line: which would you watch more, <laughs> Samantha on her own, going about her business at 61 years of age, or the fucking shit crack? four of them together because let's face it like Cynthia and Kristen they, they, they're they past it a long time and yeah. like Sarah Jessica Parker just never did anything for me and in fact I actually blame her for the countless interviewees that I've come past my way that have given me shit pieces of writing that I read in Sarah Jessica Parker's voice of the like and then it seemed or then it occurred and then I thought to myself why can't I make a living from writing one column a week in New York <laughs> <laughs> See, I disagree with you there because I'm actually a massive Sex and the City Sarah Jessica Parker fan. I think she's special. Like, no. I think she's special. I love that she's not really that good looking, but I want to look like her. And I want to wear everything she's wearing and do everything she's doing. And I want to be Carrie Bradshaw. And but I didn't want a third everyone movie. Everyone wants to be Carrie Bradshaw because she did nothing but buy expensive shoes and nice clothes and go drinking with her gal pals. Oh yeah, I know, I know. But wasn't and then she reflect the on it on a Friday? Like she's she's who you see yourself as, and then Kim Cattrall is the one that you're like, oh, she's a bit, oh, she's a very Loose. saucy altogether. Um, but you're you're automatically team SJP because you were always team Carrie. But now I am readjusting my mind. I am Kim Cattrall. But it did make me annoyed with myself about what I think is an unconscious bias that we cannot shake around women who negotiate. Yeah, that's that's the thing, right? And it is it's it's uncomfortable and like while we're kind of joking and stuff about the what has gone and what may or may not have happened, the crux of it is is that the media turned on her and made her seem unforgiving and you know, and and bad for trying to negotiate a better deal for herself. Which is what every woman should do at all times, at all stages of your work. And I still wonder, and I, I think it's really important to be honest with ourselves about our gut reactions because it's only when you accept that you think these things that you can work towards changing them. And we all think, like we've all grown up in a society where we've been taught certain things about women and how they should behave and what behavior is celebrated and what's not. And it's not, like we're not evil that we have these instant knee-jerk reactions of, Jeez, Kim Cattrall's a bit of an old weapon. Like, would she not just do the third movie because everyone else wants it? And yet we tell women all the time, never do something for someone else. Never underestimate your worth. Go in there and ask for what you want. But when they do, we punish them a little bit. Yeah, we saw her as difficult. Difficult, diva. Mm -hmm. And Sarah Jessica Parker was, you know, just trying to live her life and do what the audience wanted and what what was best for the audience. And... Why is Kim ruining it for everyone? And then I wonder if I heard that someone in my office 
you know, if there's a guy that goes in and he's demanding this, this and this and he gets it. And I'm like, wow, Charlie he's Big assertive. Balls, go yeah. on. And if there's a like, hey, say, for example, you come back and you're like, I want 10 grand for every before brunch episode. I'm like, Cass is a fucking dickhead. And then I think. No, you say that would be dick. That would be that would be a dick. That's a dick move. That's a dick move. Yeah, but I think I think having first of all, I think every woman should know their worth and obviously Mm. negotiate things within reason as well. But I think too often like that we back down because there is that perception out there, and we've probably perpetuated it a little bit here by joking about it. But there is that perception out there that negotiating your salary is difficult and you're seen as difficult to do it and you're seen as a diva. But we'll never alleviate the gender pay gap or really, truly find happiness in our work life and, f- and, and find that work life balance if we don't go in there and clearly state what we want and what we're worth and fight for it and get it. And maybe it's about knowing this isn't nice and I'm not going to come across as nice or grateful. That's yeah. another thing I felt... Why isn't Kim Cattrall grateful to Sarah Jessica Parker for everything she's done for her, for launching her career? Why isn't she grateful to the producers and grateful to Sex and the City? Doesn't she owe them a third movie? And then I'm like, no. fuck that. Like, you should be grateful for the great work that you've done. And you should have a choice whether you want to continue. And doesn't everyone say, okay, I'm not that interested in this project because those three girls are fucking dickheads to me and we'll be making the third movie and they'll rent a house without me. Yeah. But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it for a lot of money. It's completely fair to say that if I'm going to put myself through a time where you guys need me for this movie and you do need Samantha for a Sex and the City movie, if I'm going to put myself in that situation where I know I'm going to compromise on my happiness for the next couple of months, I want to be compensated for it. Mm-hmm. That's a fair ask, I would think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's did. it. Like she fully, in this situation, has like value that you cannot deny Mm -hmm. she's extremely valuable to this franchise they can't do it without her although i think they're talking about doing it without her now Um, what are they gonna do say she died like that's (laughs) stupid she'll like move away or something but it's not it's i don't think it'll do anything for the sex and the city franchise because if that movie goes ahead now it undermines the values of sex and the city which was four powerful women independent women fighting their battles or you know standing up for themselves Mm -hmm. in the toughest city in the world and they're just gonna writer out of the script that's a, that's a that's a dick move <laughs> don't do that <laughs> i hope they don't i'm sure they will i'm sure i'll go and see it um i didn't necessarily want a third movie i thought the two I movies were pretty crap one. but um i'd still rewatch them you know it's it's easy yeah. watching and i love it i saw a great quote actually the other day on probably on instagram um that i think sums up everything and and the way that women are sums up everything sums up everything and 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 how women should behave in the workplace and it was just when one woman succeeds we all succeed and i think until we're in a position where we have alleviated the gender pay gap and until we can truly hand and heart say that there are not women around the world who are oppressed then that's the attitude that we have to have and we have to support each other regardless of the situation we do and like we can also accept in ourselves i don't think it does anyone any services to say i'm always so happy for other women when they succeed no matter what happens to me because biologically we're competitive Mm -hmm. and we're we compete that's you know that's that's just biology so it's okay to acknowledge in your mind fuck like cassie's just landed this amazing job why am i not there she doesn't deserve it because of this, this and this. And I've done this, this and this. And you hear yourself think it. And then you check yourself and you're like, no, 
this is a good sign here she goes and I can do yeah. it too but I think those moments are really are really positive as well because yeah. if we didn't have those with each other we wouldn't push ourselves to do better things yeah you know we'd all become really complacent it's fine to look at one of your peers and say oh shit I want what she has and then go out and get it for yourself and it's also great to be able to say Kim Cattrall is probably a dickhead but she's right to do what she's doing it doesn't mean yeah. she's the the most amazing self-righteous like feminist icon but fuck she's right here she's yeah fair play to her she's she's, she's exactly what she said what in. she's 61 she doesn't have to give a shit about her career anymore she's made it she doesn't have to spend time with people that she doesn't like. No. Who are kind of mean. Who are mean. Speaking of people I hate that are on my shit list. You know I hate Jennifer Aniston. I know you hate Jennifer Aniston. I have a problem with Jennifer Aniston. Always have. She has a problem with me. Well, I am part of the gossip industry and so are you, Cassie Delaney. You are the media. I am the media. In a small pool. We're here in Ireland. But she, I am sick of her villainizing the media at every single turn and then hypocritically utilizing the media at every single turn mm -hmm. can we recall when you text me last night was it last night Tuesday or this morning, this morning you sent me the screenshot about Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux and I was like wow and then my second thought because this comes very soon after Brad and Angelina and we had looked into timelines of announcing breakups was she did it on a Thursday. Okay, I'm I'm with you now because you really didn't give me much in the old text back, just a few I went, oh my sad god. Faces. Did I just give you sad faces? Or like wor that worried emoji with the with the sweating and the thing, I think. I, w I was sweating. Yeah. She did this on a Thursday, which is a interesting and typical Jennifer Aniston move. Okay. I th I'm I'm just gonna preface this and say with all respect, I think you, you're going to be reading a lot into this, okay. maybe too much, but I'm I'm here for it and I'm be here for, for me. It. OK, listen to me. And I support you entirely. If anyone knows how the media works, it's Jennifer Aniston. And she has played us since. Do you remember when her and Justin Theroux got engaged and the paparazzi found them in New Mexico mm -hmm. and found her? putting her hand on his face with her engagement ring and got 10 different angles of her engagement ring in New Mexico and we were supposed to believe that she wasn't complicit in those photos being leaked. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we have Brad and Angelina who genuinely didn't want much fuss about their divorce and they released that news on a Friday because everyone knows that you release big stories like this on a Friday so that the news cycle quietens down and no one really has time to report on it too extensively until Monday mm -hmm. also weekly magazines won't get you on the cover if you do it on a Friday evening you won't be on the cover next week yeah It'll or you be won't late. be on the weekend or magazines yeah, either. yeah you're too yeah. late you do it on a Thursday when you want Friday to be all about you okay and right. when you want to be on the cover of the magazine next week yes potentially. and I've had it with Jennifer Aniston okay and then in her statement, I'm sorry, I'm fuming. Do I have her statement anywhere here? I need to get it because it really fucking pissed me off. Because as usual, she's blaming the media for everything. Mm -hmm. So she has said, in an effort to reduce any further speculation, we have decided to announce our separation on a Thursday. 
The decision was mutual and lovingly made at the end of last year. We are two best friends who have decided to part ways as a couple, but look forward to continuing our cherished friendship. Normally, we would do this privately. Hmm, sir, excuse, <laughs> sorry, what was ever done privately here in this relationship? I'm just confused well, if we backtrack. Their wedding was private bar the drones that got the aerial <laughs> pictures yeah. in their back garden. Okay, whoop-de-fucking-do. But given that the gossip industry cannot resist an opportunity to speculate and invent, we wanted to convey the truth directly. Whatever else is printed about us that is not directly from us is someone else's fictional narrative. Above all, we are determined to maintain the deep respect and love that we have for one another. Okay, so I hadn't heard that. Jen against the fucking media. So, I mean, that is offensive, really. I'm offended. First of all... Couple of things here. Um, I hadn't heard any rumors. Not one, like not one single rumor. Didn't they weren't on my no radar at all? No one was speculating. No speculation whatsoever. No. So that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> she kind of jumped the gun there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the gossip industry, industry. Like I really feel like the media. Okay, taking the whole fake news thing aside for now. Um, I think media has moved far beyond the the gossip industry and the celebrity industry that it, it used to be portrayed as like the whole idea of paparazzi is kind of null and void since the rise of social media and since Kim Cattrall comes on and says fuck yeah. you Sarah Jessica Parker you know th- social media and and the the world we live in now put the control back in the hands of celebrities so it's not like there was going to be hawks outside her door I mean and that's just the way the media change and that's the way the world works now like a lot of publications probably don't have the budget to send people hawking outside her front door they would have just been waiting for a tweet or an instagram or something or someone to break the news and like the thing is like if you look if you look at the recent example of the way kylie jenner was able to to hide her pregnancy for nine months that just goes to show how much control the celebrities have of their own narratives right now i am pointing at you because that is the point that's it if the Kardashians can hide a pregnancy and they are watched, they there are paparazzis outside their house. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston can keep her breakup private. Yeah, entirely. She courts the media. She has constantly done it. She on flirts. She flirts with the media. On one hand, she says, I am a victim. She has presented herself the way Sarah Jessica Parker has presented herself as the nice gal, the girl who friendship means the most. Jennifer Aniston has presented herself as the victim of the tabloids. Um, granted, over the last 20 years, she's mm-hmm. been pregnant 100 times and yeah. she's always getting cheated on and she's the, lo- you know. But when you're in this industry, you have to accept that there will be narratives and you can feed into them, not feed into them. But you use them and she does and she turns around about unrealistic expectations of women and then in the same breath she is promoting a flavoured water that will get you thin or a vino and a sp- an image of what women should look like. Mm-hmm. She's True. going to Mexico and New Mexico and calling the paparazzi to photograph her with her ring with Justin Theroux. She uses it, she's there because of them. And I'm so sick of her shitting all over it. Yeah, no, I do think that th- she probably has a hangover from like the last 20 years of being called pregnant and blah, 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 blah mm-hmm. and old tabloid, old world news. But we've evolved past that. She's still shitting on about it. That, I think that statement there is petty and, and ridiculous. And I think that if she wanted to live her life, 
more privately than she absolutely could. She could, and she wouldn't make as much money from her Avino campaigns, but, like, you know, that's... She's also shitting on young journalists who make absolutely no money, and it's all part of the same ecosystem. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just... I have a problem with celebrities who pit themselves... who pitch themselves as victims of the media because they have so much more control than we realise. They... They orchestrate it all. Of course they do, because you can't say anything about a brand or a celebrity because everything is so tied up and legal. Like you can be damn sure that the majority of stories you're seeing appear about celebrities and particularly brands have been signed off by some PR agent because people are smart now and nobody wants to get sued and nobody has the money to get sued anymore. So it's not a case of gossip industries going around reporting fictions and non-truths just isn't no and I actually have to say my gut reaction when you sent that this morning where when I saw the Kim Cattrall thing I went oh my god this bitch has lost her mind with Jennifer my first thought wasn't poor single unlucky in love Jennifer it was oh this is good for Jennifer she's now Jennifer Aniston single and ready to mingle Mm -hmm. um you know we have evolved we've come past that that period of poor Jennifer can't find love and because yeah. the world has moved past that. It's yeah. not about wh- her as a focal point. It's not about Jennifer Aniston. It's about our perception of older single women. Like, maybe now she'll go join the fucking cast of Big Little Lies because that's, you know, that's that's, that, that's how women are now. And she needs to go back to TV. We've said this before. Yeah. She left TV just when peak TV happened. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what she does next. Yeah, absolutely. And that's great. And it's exciting for her. And nobody, I don't think any any media publication in their right minds will go down the poor Jen can't keep down a, a man angle because mm-hmm. that's just not what interests people anymore. No, it just doesn't I agree. Vote. I don't think that'll be the angle either. Um, It's not going to be Jen got cheated on again or Jen. It'll be Jennifer Aniston is single, I yeah. think. The way it was with Angelina. And the way it absolutely should be is they all band together. Forget Brad Pitt. There was a lot of tweets being like, we should get back together with Brad Pitt. And it's (gasps) like, it's like, no, she probably won't because I'm still not over his pity party from a few months ago when he just admitted to like being sad and smoking a lot of weed and drinking all the time. He's like, woe is me. My life is hard. It's like, no, you're a bit of a dick. Like, sort your shit out. So she shouldn't get back together with Brad Pitt. Um, she'll she'll go away and do something fucking. I think I hope her next move is something fantastic for her career. Yeah, they could be looking for a fourth person for Sex in the City. Oh my god, she could be the new Samantha. Well, no, she she's never Samantha. How do you think Sarah Jessica Parker and Jennifer Aniston will get on? They'd re- they'd pull each other's hair out. Oh my they god, both play the but same game publicly. They would be the best, best of friends. friends. It would be an interesting move. Yeah. And it's in I I always love when you see friends characters pop up in weird places. Although Lisa <laughs> Kudrow's weird cameo in season four of Grace and Frankie for like two episodes, really bizarre. Never saw that. Um J- David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian. Oh weird. So weird. So weird. Okay. That's time. Um, thanks for listening, guys. I feel like we got a bit shouty and hatey and we are like a relaxing Sunday morning podcast but sometimes sometimes the passion of a friday evening takes over we just thrive on the negativity um and hating okay so where can you find us you can find us absolutely everywhere so on all your regular podcast apps get us on the itunes store stitcher player fm 
Um, yeah. Please. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Please, if you like us, subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. Tell your brunch buddies about it. Um, and bring them all into the happy mm-hmm. conversations. If you rate and review us and, and this does well and we get to number one, we can keep taking Friday afternoon off to come and record this for you. Please and we love us. nothing more. It actually gets a rid of a lot of steam for me during the week. I build up a lot of hate for mm. celebrities during the week. This is not it. Save it all yeah. up for you guys. Save it all up. Save it all up. Um, so please rate and review if you like us. And if you don't, just say nothing. And If you haven't got off. anything nice to say, don't say anything no. at all. <laughs> please um find us tweet us at lovin.ie and at lovin dublin and then personally we are at megan m cassidy and at cassie lorraine yeah good yeah okay see you next week thanks for listening bye